Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the Executive Director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Karen. Happy New Year. Hi, Megan. Happy New Year to you. How are you? How was your holiday? My holiday was really good. How was yours? It was awesome. We had so much fun. The kids enjoyed themselves thoroughly, and I am just so happy to be sending them back to school after a nice long break. Yeah, and hopefully you're not too tired after all that preparation. It's a lot of work, right? It is a lot of work, um, but they were so appreciative and had so much fun with all of the different activities we had planned and the meals that I cooked, so it was all worth it. Good. That's great. And I'm sure after having Nikki Fleming on from the CPSC, you definitely made sure that your kids were either not in the kitchen while you were cooking or you made sure that you stayed very close to the food that you were cooking on the stove, right? Absolutely. It's so true. Um, You know, we heard um, over the summer from the Connecticut Injury Prevention Group that they saw an increase in burns during COVID that they didn't expect. And so I had already been thinking about that after hearing hearing that safety information, um, but hearing it again from Nikki at a time where the kids really want to be helping, right? They want to make the cookies and stir the pot. Um, it's so important to really, as much as it pains me to say no to them, to just be really strict about the rules in the kitchen. Yeah, I know. It definitely can be frightening, but it is such a good activity to do with your kids. It is. But if you can do it with one at a time, <laughs> when right. there are four of them wanting to help in the kitchen at the same time, it's a little chaotic. With different age and, and at very different ages yes, as well. Exactly. <laughs> I have Charles in the corner with some Tupperware and toys that he's stirring with a whisk. <laughs> it's like hurting cats, but it's super fun. And keep him away from that hot oven yes. that he can reach. Yes, absolutely. That was my biggest fear when they were little. Oh my gosh. So yes. scary. So that scary. and the handle on the pot terrifies me. Ter- well, I pulled something out of the oven and the oven mitt slipped and I burned myself. I had a little burn, but it, the oven was at 400 degrees and my it hurt me so badly. And I oh. think I have a pretty high tolerance for pain and I couldn't believe how badly it hurt. For 24 hours, I was in like excruciating pain. So it certainly helps me be focused on trying to mitigate any (laughs) accidents in any way, shape, or form. I know. I also feel like even in my toaster oven, which of course also gets to be 400 degrees, but if you just like touch it so quickly that even if it doesn't hurt so much, it's still like red and takes a while to heal. Yes. It's like so shocking. Um, Yeah. But it's interesting, you know, we spent a lot of time at my in-law's house over Christmas and it was so fun for the kids. They love being over there, but there are a lot of water features at their house. They have a pond, they have a koi pond, they have a fountain. I mean, there's a million ways for the kids to access water while we're over there. So we have to be so vigilant and so careful, especially because once the pond freezes over, the kids want to skate on it. And so it was making me think about some winter water safety tips we can share with our audience today. 
Yes, I know. So smart for you to bring that up. So what do you all normally do about that pond? We set up a lot of rules. Um, all of the doors there are locked and alarmed, which is really a, an initial layer of protection. We also talk to the kids about what they are and are not allowed to do around the different water features. So even Charles knows he's not allowed to go near a particular door, uh, well, any of the doors, without asking first. Um, and so he will tell us, even in his little baby babble, we know what he wants to do. He wants to go see the koi fish. He wants to go on the tractor for a ride or whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, we really, it's not quite cold enough here outside of Philadelphia for the kids to skate on the pond, but it is starting to get a little bit icy. So we really have to make sure that they know that they, you know, even though you're 11 and 12 years old, you're not allowed to go near that water without us. You're not allowed to test to see if it's frozen at all. That's mom and dad's job. And we really try to continue to reinforce that, even though the kids have grown up going to this house. It's not as though it's a new place for them. We still review those safety rules every time we go to their house, whether it's in the summertime and they want to fish or go out in the canoe, or if it's wintertime and they want to see if it's frozen enough to go ice skating. We're really um, specific about what those rules are. And, and, you know, what, what we do is, you know, it's really hard to tell if it's frozen enough. And there are certain, you know, gauges that you can use, how long it's been below 32 degrees, how thick the ice is. And so there's lots of different things that influence how strong ice is. And so unless you really are good at understanding and figuring that out, it's best to avoid ice altogether. Do your in-laws normally use it for ice skating or no? They have ice skates at the house for um, for us and for the kids to use, but they don't ice skate themselves. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Do they use the pond as um, or for ice skating? Maybe they, not personally, but is it ever used to ice skate on? Yes, and they'd like us to use it for ice skating more. But it, it when mm. they first um, when I first met my husband, it used to get um, thick enough that we could ice skate often during the winter, but now it's just a little bit warmer here than it used to be 20 years ago when we first started dating. Um, so we don't really get to do that as often as we did um, back in 21 years ago now. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So do they, um, how deep is the pond typically? Honestly, I don't know, but it is pretty deep. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, don't go on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Once you have kids, the safety the safety elements become totally different, right? You don't think twice about it when you're a teen or in your 20s. But then once you have children, you're like, wait a minute. How good of an idea was that? I know. You know what else is interesting? So we have a lot of family in um, Chicago or outside of Chicago. And even some people here, they actually have made their own like homemade ice skating rinks in their backyards. And so that, I don't know the details of like how to do that, um, but it's not as, it's not as though you're going on a pond and ice skating on that. And it's definitely more controlled, right? Because you're the one who's putting the water in and you're controlling the depth of that water and all of that. So um, I think when it comes to like, any kind of body of water that we have that we really don't have control over, we really should be staying away from that. Yes, I totally agree. And so we're staying off unfamiliar ice. We're having, you know, we at the Zach Foundation call it an emergency plan, right? Um, but 
really it's just a safety plan, right? Just like you created when you were kids, a safety plan for where you would go in the event of a fire in your home. We as, um, as a family just talk about safety as it relates to anything, whether it's, you know, my husband taking my son to an Eagles game or, you know, if I take Teddy to a crowded event, my four, now five-year-old, I put him in a bright orange shirt so that it's easy for me to find him. Anytime we're in a new situation or a situation where there's risk, we talk about what we would do to stay safe. And the way I handle it with my kids is I make it very conversational so that they don't enter into those situations feeling like they have a reason to be afraid. But it's more about giving them the tools so that they feel comfortable and confident in what they're doing that day. Right. So you're talking about it all the time. And so they're used to having those types of conversations. And that is really the, you know, the best way to handle it because you don't want to frighten them, you do, but you do want them to be aware and to have the tools that they need to be safe should there be a situation where it's necessary to be. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're also thinking about swimming lessons, even though it's freezing cold here. Um, we do swimming lessons year round. We know that it's the best way to keep our kids safe and to keep their swimming skills up so that once spring and summer hit, they are confident with swimming. Teddy is almost a proficient swimmer, or not proficient, but really able to swim independently, which is great. And then Charles is able to start swimming lessons um, in early February, which we're really excited about. Um, there's a program that we use locally, and they require that the children are two before they begin. Um, we've done some Mommy and Me classes that have been really fun, but he'll be able to start taking some introductory classes um, that will just get him more comfortable and confident in the water, and we'll just continue doing those. It'll be several years before he's able to swim on his own, but we are excited to keep all the kids in swimming lessons, even during the winter months. Yeah, I can't believe it's time for him to start already. Wow. I know, I know. And we know that swimming early and often with a parent is a way to keep kids' comfort in water and their comfort in beginning independent swimming lessons once they hit that appropriate age and that developmental stage is really important. Absolutely. And then we also want to remind everyone that they should wear proper clothing in cold weather, right? Lots and lots of layers. Yes, lots of layers, lots of fleece, lots of um, base layers like long johns. I mean, when the kids are out sledding, they just are either freezing or sweating. And so <laughs> the layers are really helpful in that regard. Yeah, and also um, getting the proper type of clothing as well, where you, you're wearing something that whisks the water away from your body. And you, um, when you, and if you have those layers on, when you get hot, you can start delayering. Um, also important to have those hand warmers and feet warmers and all those great products that you can wear to keep your body warm and still be outside in cold weather. Absolutely. You know, we're still, as much as we would love to say that COVID is behind us, it's not. So the more time we can spend outside this winter, you know, having play dates, but having them outside when possible and having those extra hand warmers around certainly makes it easier for the kids to spend more time outside. And it's also so healthy to be outside, even when it's cold out. Obviously, 
don't be outside for too long, but getting out there elevates our mood and, you know, being out in nature, it's, you know, good for our overall mental health as well. And then the other water feature that we have at my in-law's house that we have to uh, be sure we're careful about is a hot tub. Um, They also have a hot tub that is outside in a kind of enclosed area that, um, the kids love to be in. I can't believe it. I'm not really a hot tub person, but they think it's so fun. <laughs> well, it's and, also really fun in the wintertime to yes. be in the hot tub. Yes, they love outside. it. Outside, yeah. So, yeah, um, they say that really for kids, though, you're not going to keep it um, above 98 degrees, right? So for, for adults, you can obviously have it over 100 degrees, but not good for kids. No, and we only allow them to stay in for about 20 minutes. Um, and so they're they're in there, they're having fun, they're relaxing, and then we yank them out after 20 minutes and stick them in the shower to rinse all that chlorine out of their hair. That's right. <laughs> Good activity to do, though. Absolutely. And, you know, that actually brings to mind that, you know, hot tubs can also have drains that can, you know, become dangerous or become have covers that could become loose or missing we always tie Millie's hair up when she's in the hot tub so that there's nothing you know that could get caught in a drain if something were to become loose or missing so just another reminder to think about drain safety when you're in a hot tub as well yes so important to be thinking about that all year long absolutely Yeah. And so, you know, these are just some safety tips that you can think about as you're headed into, you know, this winter season or as you're in the middle of it, as as Karen and I are up here in the Northeast. Um, There's a lot of additional tips on our website, on our social media channels. So be sure to check those out, share them with your family and friends and enjoy the winter weather. Yes. And stay safe. So if you would share this podcast with your friends, rate, review, and subscribe, we would be so grateful. Thanks. 